the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Some days I like to go a little off script. Today I want to ask questions that, yes, the market's higher, but what was oil trying to tell us on Monday and Tuesday? It was basically flicking off, for lack of a better term, the notion that the economy is going to roar back. I didn't see that one coming. I've seen cheap oil. I've seen oil at $8 a barrel in my life before this week, but I've never seen it there again. And I thought it was a once in a lifetime. And it makes me sing songs like, we had a once in a lifetime. If ever I'm in your arms again. Um, you don't want to be in the arms of oil at $8 because it's telling you, holy shnikey, something's bad. So L Brands is bad today. Delta is bad today. Um, the stock market's good today because we got stimulus coming. Um, snap. Oh, snap. Doing great. People are staying in and they're using their phones and they're they're taking funny selfies. Ha, 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 So Snap doing well. Um, did I mention Netflix? That was a mega quarter by Netflix. In the sense that people are connecting with it at home. Whether it be the Tiger King, which I don't understand. To me, and again, this is as social commentary as I get. The depravity, just, I don't need to see people abuse animals. I just don't. It doesn't make me feel better about myself. And then it leads to the joke, you know, um, if you were to pick one state to leave the State of the Union, why would you pick Florida? (laughs) And it's kind of a mean joke, but it's kind of like, oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. Um, and again, I don't even know if Tiger King happens in Florida. I kind of assume that it does because it seems like every bad thing in America. No, I'm not going to knock Florida. I love Florida. CEO Reed, Reed Hastings at Netflix talked about Tiger King and the impact. Most productions have shut down. Company now sees 2020 free cash flow of negative $1 billion or better versus a previous forecast of negative $2.5 billion. So, you know how Disney can't make TV shows right now. ABC can't do it. Um, AMC, who does The Walking Dead, they weren't able to show their final episode of the season because the post-special effects weren't done yet and they can't figure out how to do them if the special effects labs are all shut down. So, I found it fascinating that Reed Hastings says, we're going to save a billion and a half in cash flow. Um... In the recent quarter, the company finished with $5.2 billion in cash. 
They've got another $750 million in unsecured credit. And now they see the whole year is down negative cash flow about a billion. So we can extrapolate that they're going to at least have $4 billion by the end of the year. If the cash flow birds are right, if the subscription numbers are right, the churn numbers are right. And those are a little bit easier to fine-tune than, say, how much are we spending on production? So to me, temporarily reducing the number of product innovations, it may hurt them in years three, four, and five, but it's probably going to help in years one and two, and that's all I care about right now. I'm kind of kidding when I say that, but that's, I think that's what a lot of people are focusing on. There's some countries like Iceland and Korea who are still um, manning the global production of content. Wow. He thinks that within two weeks, many of the shelter-in-place orders coming into effect in Los Angeles um, will be back and running, and people will be working from home. So over 200-plus projects are underway in post-production, and most of the series writers' rooms are operating virtually at this point in time. So they kind of gave an idea that things are kind of working. It's important that we see this because in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see Germany start opening up some of their stores. We're going to see certain states in the United States probably go back a little too early. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe a spike in death is worth it compared to you know a spike in the economy. And the hope that that gives people. I don't know. I'm not, the, I'm not your moral compass. But there should be some good things coming down the road. On the other hand... Earnings season, this season, it's going to be bad, but it's going to go from bad to stupid bad. Because really only March is being counted at this point in time. So when we do April, May, and June, and you're like, Rob, we're not even through April. How do we know what May and June look like? We don't. But we're also only through one month of sports being shut down. Now that we go through three months of sports being shut down, what's the second quarter earnings going to look like? But there's some winners and some losers, like Kimberly Clark. They're saying paper, uh, paper, uh, paper, toilet paper is helping their bottom line. And again, I just see that big Charmin bear in the back room with a cigar, legs up on a table, maybe a baseball bat, and stacks of money laughing. And he's calling the Keebler Elves. He's like, huh, how are you guys doing? <laughs> and the Keebler Elves are like, oh, we're doing good. So anything in a grocery store is doing well, within reason. Some of those tofu snacks are uh, not doing well, but I digress. Apple's new phone is getting rave reviews. It's a cheaper phone, but it's got a lot of the hardware specs of the newer phone. And uh, if there's one thing that people will, will do when they're locked up is they'll get on their phones. So am I more guilty of more screen time? Probably. Um, but will Apple, Intel, Disney, Oracle, will they still be the same positions that they were going into COVID-19 as they are during it and then post it? Will millennials put up their money to buy those companies that they were once darlings or will millennials move on to like a healthcare sector? Cause that's the new shiny object in the room. Don't have an answer for you. Oil prices this week are telling me that the worst is yet to come. Chipotle Mexican Grill crushed earnings. 
Um, they really started shaping up their business due to some foodborne illnesses on some of their fresh fruits and vegetables, right? They went through a major problem of how do we make food safety safer? And right now they're benefiting from that. So is anyone who's, who's operating right now, who's doing pretty well, you know, McDonald's and you're seeing more and more people in their, their, their lines. So that's a little discouraging, but it is what it is. Um, equity market was down 4.8% in two sessions. We're still not at the March lows, which means we're doing okay. We're putting in some work that like we're starting to come to terms with us. Chipotle sales boosted by 81% up in digital orders. I forgot to mention that. Um, Tyson's going to close a Iowa plant in third major U.S. pork shutdown in the U.S. If you want bacon, you may want to go grab it soon <laughs> because it looks like meat is coming offline. I'm joking with that one, but there's a little bit of truth in it as well. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. This seems like an appropriate song to take us out of break. Maybe it's a crappy pop song, but I'm still breathing. We've been through a lot this year. Green Day's been through a lot this year. They have a new album coming out this summer. They've got a big summer tour coming out this year. It ain't going to happen. She's been through a lot. And again, let's say Berkeley. Oh, and by the way, I've... um, I tell this story every now and then, and I should be kind of careful. Um, I've met the lead singer of Green Day, and I met him when he was dating um, one of the most popular actresses in the world. And it was shocking to me at how tiny Billy Joe Armstrong is. He's tiny. He's like maybe, maybe five foot. Um, but Winona Ryder, who was sitting next to him, was like maybe four and a half feet tall. And again, I'm not making fun of short people. It's just an odd image for me. I'm six two, and when I stand next to someone who's six five, they they tower over me, and I'm like, wow, you're tall. So I have like height issues. Like anytime I come into a room. But what was amusing to me was they were sitting uh, at a cafe in Berkeley outside and neither of their feet could touch the ground when they're sitting on a chair. And I was just like, that's so cute. And it's not something that comes out of your mouth very often when you're talking about a human being, right? Unless they're children. Anyhow, some stories that are in the news that I did kind of want to hit. Just as a reminder that there are stories out there other than oil. Oil, we're seeing a rebound today after we've seen a collapse in two days. Probably because people are starting to put the dots together that, yeah, we probably won't consume as much oil. Really? We're not going to consume any? And that's kind of the where we jump to. And that's silly. So it, there's a little bit of rebound, but too silly of a, a segment for me right now. Let's talk about something that's a lot easier. Video games. NPD, uh, which is a publishing um, group that shows us retail sales. 
They said March 2020 spending across video game hardware, software, and accessories is up 35% year over year to $1.6 billion. Now, again, you may think the, the Charmin Bear is behind all this. Like, he developed uh, COVID in a lab. I'm starting to think it may be the video game publishers in a year where they're not supposed to have any revenue growth, in large part due to Xbox 5 coming out, Sony PlayStation 4, whatever it is, 10. We knew the back half of the year was going to have a lot of hardware, which would sell a lot of software next year. But in our heads, we were also saying, I don't really need to do hardware this year or software because the games are going to be better next year. Something like that. To see the number up 35% year over year, essentially for March, if there's a sector that has upside, this is one of them. The first two months of the year saw cumulative sales across video games, hardware, software, accessories, video game cards fall 28%. So January and February said this is going to be a bad year for video game makers because at the end of the year, a new one's coming out. Now, what's interesting to note about that is usually the stocks start to rally right about now when hardware comes out at the end of the year. While they're in the midst of plunging revenue, late cycle video game hardware dynamics uh, play into that. Then you also had a pretty light release schedule as far as content games go. I think we had a couple big ones mid-year last year, Red Dawn 2, for instance. Uh, but we also saw some disruption going on last year. Fortnite and the free model, where you really can get a decent experience playing something for free. And it could be social as well, which we're, something we're looking for. So 35% year over year up. After two months down 26%, that is a sector that's screaming sexy. I'm sexy. Activision, EA, Take-Two, Ubisoft, Zynga, Microsoft, Sony, Glue Media, GameStop, Best Buy. These are all some of the names, including AMD and NVIDIA. Just some of the names you could start doing research on. Subtle Broker Rise for taking action on stocks. I haven't mentioned on the show. How about Visa? An analyst is seeing the risk-reward is balanced. Now, I don't trust every analyst, and I don't trust little clips that are three sentences long. But one analyst is downgrading Visa to neutral. I'm like, good. I want to own Visa. I've always wanted to own Visa. I think Visa is one of those companies, Visa and MasterCard. Uh, I love them. Somehow, some way, some shape, some form, they're not credit card companies, even though they sound like it. If Bank America issues you a Visa card, all Visa does is does the transaction. Now, there's been some consumer laws in the last few years of like uh, trying to protect small businesses, like Visa's charging exorbitant fees for you to go in and pick up a soda. So sometimes you'll see your local mom and pop say, hey, cash only, please, or cash under $5 charges, please. And I get it. But I want small and medium-sized businesses to struggle if I want to own Visa at lower prices. Now, if I want to just buy it and say, well, I'm going to take it good and bad, I could do that too. I think it's a kind of company you could do either. You either hope for some bad news so you can buy it, or you just buy it and you hold it for a long period of time. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything mentioned on the show. Higher unemployment will mean less swipes. Changing consumer behavior will mean less swipes. If we uh, travel less, if we attend fewer concerts, fewer sporting events, 
the impact on the aggregate spend. And if you don't know what the word aggregate means, shame on you. Uh, go get a dictionary. <laughs> or you can call me on a Zoom conference and I'll do a, a pictionary version of it for you. A Zoom conference. Um, so, yeah, this is always expensive, but in a down market, the fundamentals are going to deteriorate and maybe you want to buy then or maybe not. And I have one more that I want to throw out at you. A company called L Brands. You know L Brands pretty well. They make lingerie. They're struggling. Their stock is collapsing. Um, can they survive this of people not going to malls? I don't know. It's a shopping mall mainstay. 2,900 specialty stores, North America, UK, China. Victoria's Secret. Ooh la la. Um, no thanks. When I see a stock go from 20 to 10 in the speed of a snap of a finger, I don't want anything to do with it. Too much drama for my mama. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. The oil comeback is accelerating, but what was oil trying to tell us on Monday and Tuesday, I don't think should be totally ignored. I think some of that tells us that companies with a lot of debt are going to be in trouble, but it also tells us that the thought of us consuming a lot of oil in the near future, not as likely as we used to think just a couple weeks before. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com to talk about markets and much, much more in this weekly segment. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good to be back. Got some double duty going on of covering COVID while you're also covering earnings season and uh, the overall market as well. Um, what's your initial take of what's going on from week to week these days? <laughs> well, I guess it, it depends on the week. Um, so, you know, when we uh, left last week, <clears throat> you know, we were of the mindset really, um, and, and something you are starting to hear more uh, in, in the narrative, is just that, that the stock market had probably come too far, really, in too quick of a period in terms of pricing in uh, recovery expectations. So there's, you know, this detachment between the economic reality on the ground and and what's going on in the heads of, of stock traders. Um, now, having said that, you know, the stock market is always kind of, is always this forward-looking beast, and, uh, and it's at times, often able to rationalize things that seem irrational, and in this juncture, the market is is seemingly willing to look really past uh, 2020. You know, it's kind of a washout year; it knows it, and it's riding the recovery hopes. It's predicating these recovery hopes on what they is expected to be a much better 2021. Um, and uh, and that's how it's kind of rationalizing this this move. But at twenty eight forty five on the S and P five hundred, which was close to the highs we saw last week, we got a little bit above that. You know, the market was it was trading close to nineteen times you know forward earnings, and and, and there was you know a reasonable basis I think, and that's a reasonable level I think for the market to sort of cool down, take a step back, and and recognize that. Um, you know, it's going to take some time before we get back to this period of, quote, normalcy. 
and uh, and maybe it should uh, rein in some of its uh, rebound expectations. And so I think we're seeing a little bit of that right now and just some of this consolidation activity uh, that's taking place this week. I tend to, I've been doing the financial media consumer thing for a while, and I always get a little bit like, ugh, um, why are these people doing this? But the emails I'm getting this week is, are there any oil stocks at under $3 that you think will have an instant comeback? And to me, that's a, that's a sign of like, stay away from that sector because people are, mm-hmm. the $3 probably implies debt the company has, it's not being counted. And uh, do you think oil's going to collapse here? Do we think bankruptcies, mergers, acquisitions? What do we need to see to like say 2020 has been rationalized in the stock markets and we are looking at 2021? Um, is there anything else or do we just wait for 2021? Well, you know, it's. I think. I think you do see kind of all of the above. You're okay. going to see bankruptcies. Um, you know, question is, you know, what what companies are they really going to be? The companies that have a you know a scary impact on the, on the market. Um, you know, probably not. Um, they're going to be more of the smaller, you know, marginal producers. Um, okay. But uh, but certainly, I think it's reasonable to expect there to be a wave of M and A activity in the energy space, just as a matter of, of long term survival. Um, you need to see companies pair up to marshal their resources to be able to you know, try to weather this this downturn and what might be a more sustained period of, of you know quote low oil prices. Um, but the uh, you know the issue of um, uh, you know what you know what can we see is whether these companies, you know, if we've gotten through the worst of it here, you know, the, the energy sector overall has traded reasonably well in the face of these, you know, massive price dislocations along the futures curve for oil. Um, now, that sector is predominantly, um, you know, weighted toward Exxon and, and Chevron, right? And those companies are going to be around. They're not. They're not going into bankruptcy. So, um, you know, and, and both have tried to, you know, reiterated that they're they're intent on maintaining their dividend. You know, maybe that changes if you get into this permanently lower deck of of oil prices. But for the time being, um, it's it's resonating as a kind of a positive factor uh, for energy traders. But. You know, but I would agree that you know uh, the point you made, Rob. I think about people writing to you and asking about these low single-digit stock prices. It's it's definitely a speculative mentality, you know, to see you know where you can kind of make a quick buck in this space, and and it's going to boil down really to to personality traits. It's like you know what type of individual you are as it relates to capital investment. You know, are you a speculative trader or are you an investor? And I think for the more investment-minded individual, you know, you kind of can get caught in these value traps, and um, and it can be a huge opportunity cost playing in the depths of these really low-priced stocks, Um, whereas, you know, traders that, if they're willing to be nimble and accept that risk, can make some very nice percentage gains on a short-term basis. But uh, but you really have to stay on top of things if you're playing in that uh, minefield. As we're starting to wrap up the segment, is there any ideas, any thoughts that you want to get out there that you're working on that you seem that you think is important? It's working for you or not working for you that will help our audience. Well, I do. you know, there's uh, I write the big picture column. I post it every Friday, and in the spirit of the big picture, you know, we're talking now about kind of COVID nineteen case curve 
hitting a peak, things cooling down in a certain respect as it relates to COVID-19. But as things cool down there, guess what's going to be heating up? Presidential politics, right? And uh, something that I'm going to be focused on this week, I think, is is looking at what will likely be the most important economic indicator as it relates to that presidential race. And in my mind, it's the unemployment rate. And so providing some color and some uh, uh, perspective on how to uh, how to look at that, and particularly the unemployment rate in those uh, six key swing states that could ultimately decide the uh, the election. I'm assuming it's still a little bit too early to start predicting where the unemployment rate goes. Uh, but what are some of the models that you're seeing? Or do you think this becomes the worst ever? Do you think it's going to mount close to it? Because these are times where we're trying to model, and uh, the models aren't exactly tight, per se. Right, right. Well, I think you should see probably the worst ever unemployment rate here coming up relatively soon in the next month or so, um, just based on the level of initial claims filings you've seen over the last four weeks. Um, so you're you know, probably at least into the mid-teens uh, percent there just doing the math. Um, now, you'll probably see it come down noticeably from there as people get back to work and economies start to reopen. But the question is just how far down does it come back? Uh, and that's going to be an important factor as it relates to uh, how people are thinking come that first Tuesday in November. Sounds about right. Thanks for joining me. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com hitting all the topics that we need to hit at this point in time. He's got great commentary in the morning, but also what he hinted at, he's putting together some content for the Friday where he takes a little bit longer to read. Not, not terribly long. It'll take you four or five minutes most, but maybe that's a bathtub read over the weekend, give you some perspective on the big picture. I've been tied towards briefing.com. I've used briefing.com for over 20 years. Start my day every day with Patrick O'Hare, and sadly, I've never met him. I'd like to change that before this is all said and done. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Now, oil's showing a little bit of a comeback, and I kind of planted a question there with Patrick O'Hare that I'm getting emails from people speculating, and they're looking for cheap stocks. That's not what I do. And if you've ever listened to my show, you know that's not what I do. So sometimes I feel like maybe someone's just trying to send emails to as many people as they can to say, what's cheap? I want to make a lot of money, but I want to spend kind of like today's lunch money on it, not you know serious money. And, uh, it's just that's not a great way of doing it. So... 800-516-1220 calls on the air. You're not looking for cheap. What you're looking for is a couple things I'm looking for is price to sales ratios, price to earnings ratios, uh, debt to equity, margins. Um, does a company have the ability to, to ride things out and or not? Do they have cash? When you're looking at a lot of oil companies, they don't have the cash. And that's what worries me the most is in my personal life, if I don't have cash for a mortgage, I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm not one of those people who in their head is starting to think things like, um, oh, you don't have to pay it back. It's just a mortgage. I, I, I don't have that in my head. I can't do that. Um, so I think that's one of the big fears that I have when I'm seeing this right now in what's happening in the U.S. economy 
and the stock market, shows like that mine are supposed to be informative, informational. They're not supposed to be, here's how you day trade. You know how many day traders I've ever met worth a million dollars? Zero. Period. Zero. You know how many people I've ever met that have done a day trading class that said afterwards, wow, they really taught me something that I'm going to go out and make a million dollars with? Zero. So don't be that person who's trying to find a weak stock because what that's telling me is you're a weak person and you're looking for a cheap stock, not a value stock, not um, a good deal. You're just trying to play it out in your own, you know, own greedy kind of way. If you don't know what an oil patch looks like, you shouldn't be buying oil stocks. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Weekly demand for a mortgage has stalled. My friend Tony Mendez is still doing mortgages, and he said some of it gets kind of crazy. Someone's like, hey, can you meet me at Starbucks? He's like, no. And uh, then they gear up and they exchange documents, signatures, things like that. But yeah, mortgages are still getting done. And I can't imagine anyone in the last five years not refinancing or saying, you know, now is the time to get a mortgage. But rates are one of the benefits here. But here's the kicker now. It's almost impossible to get a jumbo mortgage. People don't want to lend. They don't know if things get worse. Will they have that cash so they can leverage it, that commodity of cash that leverage it into liability and debt. So jumbos aren't getting done. So goodbye, California. <laughs> like that whole market is basically a jumbo market. Um, and the paperwork's getting a little bit more strenuous. If you don't put 20% down, you're not getting a good rate. There's going to be an exception to every rule. LabCorp is widening the availability of its antibody test to detect exposure to the coronavirus. I really like LabCorp as a company. And at times where people are getting greedy and getting fearful, I could say hospitals want to do more and more testing in-house. A, for speed, and B, for cost. Doctors want to do more testing in-house, A, for speed, and B, because they can bill you. As a man who's getting older, I'm no longer 20 or 30. And I have to drop blood off. No, I don't have to drop blood off, but I have to do blood work a little bit more often in my life. So companies like LabCorp, I see tests that uh, we're talking about right now. They're looking into blood tests designed to detect whether someone has been exposed to COVID. And you would be able to do this test essentially from home. Maybe you drop it off. There's a lot of different types of tests. Spit, blood, you get the idea, right? Prick of blood, draw of blood. Um, but we're also starting to question whether blood tests are actually working correctly. Or maybe we're just opening up. And again, this is where it just you can spiral watching the news. The Trump administration is acquiring blood tests for COVID from China. China's blood tests are notoriously have false reads. It's like, uh, why did you have to tell me that? Let's just go on with the story and assume it's right. So testing, to me, seems like it's going to be around for quite a while. And Elizabeth Holmes, who 
uh, if you haven't watched that on Netflix yet, the woman who went to Stanford, the woman who has the husky voice, the woman who dresses like Steve Jobs, the woman who ripped off billions and billions of dollars from private investors. She basically fund the concept of, I have this idea that one prick of blood should be able to tell you you've got cancer. Now, I actually buy into that. A, because she's from Stanford. B, because it seems like at some point in time a vial of blood, I don't know, can't be as valuable as a prick of blood, or maybe it can. I don't get it. So I could actually buy into that. And I do see a future where that happens. Sadly, it was all a fraud, but I do see a future where more testing is out there. And the way she did it, or she was trying to do it, was build labs inside of things like CVSs or Safeways. Not the worst idea. Students are weighing starting out at community college as coronavirus continues. So not only are there going to be students who say, my sophomore year, my junior year, my uh, senior year, I'm not going back in the first quarter. We're going to do distance learning. But now there's people who are starting off college and saying, you know what? I'm just going to do community college. I love community college. I think all Americans should do community college. I know you're saying, that's a reversal from you, Rob. Oh, trust me. I love the four-year school experience as well. I think it's a rite of passage for kids to learn about crappy roommates. I think it's a rite of passage for kids to learn, like, whoa, my alcohol tolerance is this. Um, I, I think it's good to learn that if you don't get up for a 7 o'clock lab, your lab partner doesn't show up either, and you fail the class. I think that's good stuff. <clears throat> but also, I think community college is great for the first two years of college. If you believe in a college degree, I think it's the right way to go. In large part, it's it's... 10% of the cost. It doesn't really, after my first job, no one ever asked me to see my college transcripts. And come to think of it, no one ever asked to see my college transcripts with the first job. Um, so if you got a four-year degree, I had a friend who went to a community college for the first two years, and then he transferred into Harvard. I dated someone who went to community college for two years, and then she transferred into Berkeley. Do you think anywhere in their life for the next 30 years they ever said once to someone, I went to community college, or do you think they, they bragged and, and, and gloated, I went to Berkeley or like a great college like Harvard, right? Delta posted a loss after burning $100 million in cash a day. <laughs> That's a lot of money. When you start thinking about $100 million, barrel, million dollars of cash a day, I'm thinking about putting it in barrels and lighting it on fire. I'm like, that's a lot of barrels. A lot of people want to take advantage of tragedy and buy these stocks. Delta and other carriers are expected to worsen in the second quarter. We're having conversations. Um, a neighbor of mine's like, I'm not going to a restaurant in 2020. He's like, it's done. He goes, I'll have parties over at my house and such like that where potluck and everyone can social distance. He goes, until there's a, a vaccine, I'm not doing it. So he used to get on a plane two or three times a year. Not anymore. So not for now. And that's kind of the big phrase. And that's where you, you ask the questions of Delta. I would say until Delta fires a lot of employees, I, until they make some sort of massive concession with the union or people's jobs are lost, I don't think it's safe. I'd rather, not, I'd rather be late than early to a situation that could unwind due to debt. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Netflix, great quarter. Delta, not so great. What's that tell you? It's a pretty easy economy to figure out right now. How bad did the jobless numbers get? How much more bailout do we need? Lots of questions for the near future. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com.